Greetings, good listeners, and welcome to Eclectic Oddities, here on Bedford 105.1. I'm Eric Bruno, and this week, the show is themed around ideas that are commonplace, yet surprisingly complex in what they actually entail. That of heroes and villains. The popularity of the superhero comic has spread those ideas far throughout the public consciousness, and while certain comics have tried to play with the ideas, to varying degrees of success, the world isn't black and white, and morality can be a tricky thing in some circumstances. Either way, we have songs that represent shining heroes and dastardly villains for you to enjoy today. Let's get into the eclectic, with a capital E, song list. We'll bookend the show with two different songs that share the same name. To start, we have a classic from Foo Fighters, the grunge-slash-alt-rock band founded by former Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl. From their second album, The Color and the Shape, My Hero is an ode to the kind of heroes that Dave Grohl had to look up to as a kid, the ordinary ones. Not having musical or sports heroes while growing up, the song praises and uses the old adage that anyone can be a hero, and highlights someone who does indeed perform a heroic action despite being otherwise unremarkable. There's been a bit of speculation that the specific ordinary hero in the song is actually Grohl's former bandmate and friend Kurt Cobain, though Grohl has neither confirmed nor denied these rumors in one way or another.
It's always been said that people should find enjoyment in their jobs, either as a good guide for what they should be doing or as a way to make the situation bearable. But what if that job is one that hinders others? Well, someone has to do it. But at what point does enjoyment of those activities cross over from just doing my job to a malicious villainy? Taxman from the Beatles album Revolver is about one such individual, a tax collector who takes a bit too much glee in enforcing ludicrous and unfair taxes. George Harrison wrote the song in frustration after finding out how much of the Beatles' earnings and record sales went right to the British Treasury, and you don't have to be a famous musician to share that sentiment. One, two, three, four, one, two. As has been shown multiple times throughout Eclectic Oddities, success can come from very unlikely places. English musician Mark Crozer released two solo albums before he became the bass player for the solo backing band of Jim Reed, vocalist of Scottish alternative band The Jesus and Mary Chain. When the band reformed, he stuck around for a bit before moving to America and starting his own band, Mark Crozer and the Rells. Their breakthrough into fame came in 2012 from a place no one could have seen coming, as their song Broken Out in Love was heard by wrestler Wyndham Rotunda, who asked WWE to license it for the entrance of his character Bray Wyatt, a backwoods cult leader and love letter to old horror. Renamed Live in Fear, 
The band were invited to play it live at WrestleMania 30 in front of the announced crowd of over 70,000, which took place in New Orleans for the extra added atmosphere. Not too shabby, I'd say. contrast to Grohl's celebration of the ordinary hero, we shift to Bonnie Taylor's marvelously 80s tune that backed many a montage or joke. Holding out for a hero has the singer pining for a more traditional hero type, a bastion of goodness with the body of a Greek sculpture, though of course in this case, 
it's within the context of a romance. There's nothing wrong with fantasizing, of course, and not even in the context of the ideal romantic partner, as I think most individuals have had those flights of fantasy, but you have to make sure you aren't spending all your time looking for that fantasy, to the point that you would ignore the reality around you when that might be exactly what you're looking for.
I made mention in the introduction about comic books and how most of the public consciousness of heroes can be traced back to that medium. Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Captain America, those names that companies like DC and Marvel have cultivated and built over decades to be inspirations and embody the virtues and positive ideals we should all strive for. Of course, they've done the same for villains as well, and while some franchises and installments have tried to deconstruct these things, so few have succeeded. A popular target of those deconstructions remains Superman, both because of his longevity and how he serves as the biggest boy scout of popular media. Regardless of your view of Supes, it has to be said that his continued longevity, as well as all that he's inspired, proves how important he is. Speaking of inspiration, up next we have Kryptonite by Three Doors Down, followed by Superman It's Not Easy by Five for Fighting.
It's important to remember that although common decency and empathy should determine what is right and wrong, not everyone agrees on or even understands what actions and traits go in each category. In addition, once the life and career of someone is passed, history can look back on them in any way they so choose. Western films, as in Cowboys and the Wild West, and the enduring legends of real-life desperados is one of the most popular instances of this. Not just the ones on the wrong side of the law, either. People like Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday have been immortalized through film and TV shows, and the cowboy image has become synonymous with freedom and manliness. As always, it isn't just visual mediums. Billy Joel's The Ballad of Billy the Kid is exactly what it says on the tin, telling of the life and infamy of the legendary gunslinger. Town. 
captured Billy And the judge said string him up for what it did And the cowboys and their kin Like the sea came pouring in To watch the hanging of Billy the Kid Here's an interesting concept, the punch clock villain, the person who goes to work doing their dastardly deeds, then clocks out and is just a normal person who doesn't spend their free time kicking puppies into traffic or something. As an example, we can look at Frederick, the protagonist of Gilbert and Sullivan's most famous work, Pirates of Penzance. Raised by pirates, Frederick is nonetheless a well-meaning, if not exceedingly naive and ignorant, young lad who wishes to leave and live his life free of the pirate life. Contrast this with the Pirate King, who, while he doesn't really do anything exceedingly villainous, does still enjoy the life of a seafaring scoundrel. If you know anything about Gilbert and Sullivan, you know this is played for a lot of laughs. Oh Better Far to Live and Die, or The Pirate King's Song, is still a typical villain song, with the Pirate King extolling the positives of his chosen life. Better far to live and die Under the brave black flag I fly Than play a sanctimonious part With a pirate head and a pirate heart Away to the cheating world go you Where pirates all are well to do But I'll be true to the song I sing And live and die A pirate king Or I am a pirate king And it is, it is a glorious thing To be a pirate king I am a pirate king, 
And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. It is the My prey, I help myself in a royal way. I sink a few more ships, it's true, than a well-bred monarch ought to do. But many a king on a first-class throne, if he wants to call his crown his own, must manage somehow to get through more dirty I'll be quite candid with you. You're very dear to me, as you know, but I must be circumspect. You see, well, you're considerably older than I am, and a lad of 21 usually looks for a wife of 17. A wife of 17? You will find me a wife of a thousand. No, I shall find you a wife of 47, and that is quite enough. Ruth, tell me candidly and without reserve. Compared with other women, are you beautiful? I have been told so, dear Master. Uh, <laughs> but lately? Oh, no, years and years ago. Well, what do you think of yourself? It is a delicate question to answer, but I think I am a fine woman. Thank you, Ruth. I believe you, for I know you would not practice upon my inexperience. I wish to do the right thing, and if you are truly a fine woman, 
Well, then your age shall be no obstacle to our union. Hark! Surely I hear voices. Who has ventured to approach our all but inaccessible lair? Can it be the Coast Guard? No, it does not sound like the Coast Guard. Confusion. It is the voices of young girls. If he should see them, I am lost. By all that's marvelous, a bevy of beautiful young maidens. Lost, lost, lost! How lovely. How surpassingly lovely is the plainest of them. What grace, what delicacy, what refinement. And Ruth, she told me she was beautiful. Sometimes it can take a little bit of working outside the traditional realms of heroism to do something good. Or, maybe in another way, if someone is unbound by certain aspects of morality, they can take permanent actions to stop a villain. This is partly why conversations of morality and what is right are so complex. Is a bad action excused if it results in less bad things? Take for instance, a hitman for hire. If they are used to deal with a bad person, does that cancel out the negative to it? Either way, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap by ACDC is about this kind of scenario, talking about a hitman with a low rate who takes on all kinds of targets, both innocent and vile.
comics aren't the only popular form of storytelling that discusses heroes and villains. The great epics of myth give us a glimpse into what values those cultures really championed in their champions. Someone like Achilles or Odysseus may seem odd or thoroughly unlikable nowadays, but those brooding, abrasive figures really struck the fancy of the Greeks. Of course, that isn't to say theirs is the only culture to have these myths, legends, or stories. In the West, perhaps the most well-known group of legendary heroes remains King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. Some are a tad more extreme in terms of fantasy and powers than you'd expect, but not every knight that served in Camelot could be called a pure hero. Canadian Celtic folk musician Heather Dale draws a lot of her inspiration from Celtic and Arthurian mythology, and the song I have for you today talks about one of those less-than-well-meaning knights. Mordred's lullaby is sung from the point of view of Mordred's mother Morgaus, as she tells him of the purpose he will serve in the downfall of King Arthur. Child of my body, 
the flesh of my soul will die in returning the birthright he stole. We're tangentially sticking with the Arthurian theme as we discuss something that I have some massive creative issues with. Written in 2011, Ernest Cline's novel Ready Player One tells of a dystopian future where people seek escape in the vast virtual world of the Oasis in what is honestly a very poor attempt at cashing in on 80s nostalgia without any of the context or reason why things from the 80s were loved aside from because it was the 80s. The movie adaptation, in my opinion, doesn't fix any of this and indeed only made things worse in some places, especially from the video game aspect of the world building, and the sequel novel was an absolute dumpster fire that shamelessly spoke of how it ripped off an already existing product. So why am I discussing this here? Well, because it inspired a song by Gunship, which is actually good, titled Artemis and Parsival, after the two main characters, the latter name taking inspiration from Arthurian knight Percival, which is just another complete misunderstanding on Klein's part.
We can always hope that good will win out in the end, and while that isn't always the case in reality, there's nothing wrong with wanting that in fiction. We want the villain to be defeated, and to in some way earn their comeuppance. I Fought the Law was originally written and performed by Sonny Curtis and the Crickets in 1960, released on their album In Style with the Crickets. It was then popularized by a cover done by the Bobby Fuller Four, before a recording of that cover would find its way into the ears of The Clash. The Clash version has been used in all sorts of pieces of media due to its recency and the song's rather simple yet still catchy composition, but it serve as a cautionary tale, or as an example of how things should go for a villain. said at the start of the show that I would bookend it with two different songs that share the same name. The first should have been familiar, but this one not so much. My Hero by Japanese band Man With A Mission, who have some pretty surprisingly good English for a group that wears giant fox heads when they perform, was used as the opening song for the anime adaptation of Inuyashiki, which focuses on the ideas of heroes and villains in a rather fun way. One night, a terminally ill old man who gets no respect from the world around him and a young, handsome, intelligent high school student are killed by a crashing alien ship before they are revived and reassembled with the alien's technology so as not to leave any evidence behind. What follows is both of them trying to be the hero, 
with old man Inuyashiki's earnest attempts contrasted with young Shishigami's narcissism and god complex. Of course, the main theme is no slouch, and does a fantastic job of setting the mood for each episode.
with that, we come to the end of our show. I hope you enjoyed and managed to keep yourself on the side of good. Until next time, this is your host, Eric Bruno, wishing you a good day, a good evening, a good night, and a good tomorrow.